Hi friends, it's Megan and Maggie and welcome to today's episode of Shows Over Bros. Every episode we sit down to dive into, dissect, and debate absolutely everything we love about our favorite television shows, starting with our all-time favorite and most formative genre, early 2000s teen dramas. Okay, so if you've been listening to our podcast so far, you know that we don't hold back anything when we're talking about the shows on our podcast. All the spoilers are always mentioned. (laughs) But we really want to offer or give a big fat spoiler warning for today's Mm -hmm. episode um, because we're going to be talking all about our favorite episodes for all of these shows. And we're going to be going in pretty deep on them and what we like and why they're so special to us. And we're going to do chronological uh, order by show. Yeah. Um, So the same order we did for our pilots and then within the shows also chronological order. Um, They're not necessarily ranked like our, you know, one through four, but we try to do four for the most part episodes for each show. So today we're going to be starting and talking about our favorite episodes for the first four shows, Dawson's Creek, Gilmore Girls, The O.C., and One Tree Hill. And in the next part of this episode, we'll cover the other four, Veronica Mars, Gossip Girl, Friday Night Lights, and Vampire Diaries. Um, So I think this was one of my favorite episodes to outline and prepare for. I think it actually took some of the most prep. Yeah. Because we went back through every show and we picked our top four approximately four for each show and you know it's really hard to narrow down what our favorite episodes were for each of them yeah it was and again I mean as we kind of already mentioned but these aren't we're not necessarily claiming you know these are the best um whatever that might mean like you know for us it's just what are our favorites I mean a lot of these are ones that we like to go back and rewatch. Um, some, some of them might be a little less rewatchable, but they're just so important or so iconic for different reasons. Um, yeah, exactly. Something else you're probably going to notice if you haven't picked up on it already, you know, Maggie and I both have kind of different shows that we're experts on. So (laughs) depending on which show we're talking about, you might hear one of us talking more than the other. Um, we've, you know, we've all seen, we've both seen all these shows, but uh, there's certain ones that I've rewatched a lot. There's certain ones that she's rewatched yeah. a lot. We both have our favorites for rewatching. Mm-hmm. I think like my top rewatchables are, well, obviously Vampire Diaries. I'm like <laughs> currently on a Gossip Girl rewatch, which has been really fun actually mm-hmm. because I haven't rewatched Gossip Girl while living in New York, and oh, I've caught okay. so many more references yeah. than mm-hmm. I have like watching the show. I mean, I think I've watched episodes here and there, right, but like right. rewatching but the full it all the way through. Series. Anyway, we don't need to get into that all right now. Um, but it was. It was fun and a challenge to kind of weight the different aspects of these episodes against each other. Like, which ones do we have to include in the list just because Mm -hmm. they're so iconic or because a certain plot point happens that then propels the rest of the story forward? Or maybe do we pick an episode because the acting performances were really great or the writing just really set itself apart? (laughs) Or do we pick them just because they give us a warm, cozy feeling. We always like to rewatch them. Right. And, you know, we did cheat in some places. We'll have some honorable mentions here and there when we had it more difficult to make a decision. Um, But without further ado, should we get started? Yeah, let's start with Dawson's. Um, Okay, Dawson's is really fun for me, but I think what was really one point that I'll just mention at the very beginning of the section is that all of, well, barring one, episode all of my favorite episodes take place 
in season three. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I just think season three by far is the strongest season. And I think for the majority of the shows, we did try our best to try to include episodes from different seasons so that we could touch on different plot Mm -hmm. points and character development, etc. But this show in particular really excelled at season three because I think the slow burn romance between Joey and Pacey was the best arc of any plot arc and not even just season three i mean if we look at the numbers like they all kind of come in the last half the earliest is 19 that's true like last handful i mean because that's what it was building to right you had the slow burn in the beginning and you have the payoff um a really rewarding payoff toward the end rewarding payoff Mm -hmm. okay so our first selection is uh season three episode 19 stolen kisses so this Mm. is where joey officially admits that she has feeling for pacey when they're at dawson's aunt's house in the countryside yeah this Um, is a warm and fuzzy episode for sure i absolutely love it it is truly one of the most iconics um but and you get the kind of amazing swoon romantic line from Pacey. He's like, I'm going to count to 10. And if you don't want me to kiss you, then you're going to have to stop me. And he like inches forward and she like, doesn't stop him. It's so precious. Um, but then you do get the aunt who interrupts their kiss. And mm-hmm. I'm watching that back. I'm like, what is she doing? Like, can she not keep her nose out of anyone's business? <laughs> like her whole shtick is that she like her, she left her, her husband Mm -hmm. to be with her true love Mm -hmm. and went and then pursued new adventures with her new love. And she like has the galls to be like the gall to try to get Joey to stay with Dawson. Yeah. When she's obviously experiencing feelings for her new love. Like it's just the irony. I mean, you just needed like plot tension, but yeah, for sure. It is not very strange. Though I do kind of love the moment where she's, uh, this is like such a random side note about the aunt where she, manifests her future by painting her house and then she ultimately like <laughs> buys a house that looks just like it and like as someone who likes to paint I'm like maybe I should start doing yeah. that like maybe I should just like paint all the houses I'd want to live in and then see if they just come yeah definitely life. that will yeah. 100% um, make it happen but it's really cute because you're watching them try to deny their feelings all episode mm-hmm. and you get that little one bed scene where for some reason Dawson is sleeping on the ground and Pacey comes in and he's like, someone's got to trade with like, let trade with me and like sleep in the bed with me. And like the obvious solution here is that just Dawson gets off the floor right. and sleeps with Joey in the bed. Like they've been doing for literal years, mm-hmm. but I love that the, it's just like, it's so obvious that they're contrived to like line mm-hmm. together and I eat it up every time. Your favorite trope. My favorite trope. I love a one bed <laughs> trope. Um, and then, yeah, I think what's really important about this is like, you finally get, Joey admitting, like, taking action. She's kind of been on, uh, like, a little bit of a bystander to some of, like, she hasn't had a ton of agency in her relationships. Mm -hmm. And you get Pacey at the very end being like, you know how I feel. The question is, how do you feel? And she stops him and she kisses him and it's so romantic. And you also get that lovely, lovely uh, callback to the karaoke song Mm because she has like her special karaoke song with Dawson and it's daydream believer. And then you get the cover of it when she's kissing Pacey. And I love that because earlier, like a couple scenes earlier, 
he's like, how am I supposed to compete with all of this history? And she's like, we're supposed to make our own history. And then she like catches herself. And so it's like a cute yeah. kind of meta. A new nod. version of the same song. Yep. It's like her new history. <clears throat> um, so I always really love that. Yeah, no, it's a great episode. It's really like, I mean, I think if you just want to jump in and watch an episode of Dawson's Creek, like, it's a really one. great one to do. Minus the Henry Jen subplot, Ugh. which, um, like, I've purposely left out of talking about this because I don't want to tarnish mm-hmm. this episode. And that subplot actually drives me up a wall because anything with Henry drives me up a wall. Yeah. Um, but you do get like the gang all together at the house. I think there was, it was kind of a backdoor pilot too. Like right. Yeah. Young mm-hmm. Americans, like that one kid, Will was the, like, like friend from growing up or whatever. Yeah, and right, that didn't yeah. really work out. So it was kind of random that he's in there. But, um, besides that, it's just, it kicks everything off mm-hmm. for the rest of the season and all of, and then honestly, really for the rest of the show. Okay. Next one. Okay. Next one. Three twenty, the longest day. Um, so do you want to explain the style of this episode? Yeah. So what I love about this episode is a Rashomon style episode and a Rashomon style episode is basically where the plot all happens over the course of a set period of time. And then it's shown from the perspective of one character each time. So you get like what they were doing earlier in the day that like led them to this point, which you may have not have seen because you were seeing Mm -hmm. it from the other person's perspective. So you get it from Jen uh, Joey, Pacey, and Dawson's okay. perspective. Four times, yeah. Yeah, four times. Um, and they executed it really, really great. And I, we should preface this by saying that this is the episode where Dawson finds out that Pacey mm. and Joey are together. And this is like a more stressful episode. I know you feel that way. Um, I kind of love <laughs> sometimes when things blow up. Um, I know. So there, there's a... Beginning makeout scene between Joey and Pacey where they're like hiding. I kind of, I love that scene. I love it. And it kind of reminds me of the Veronica and Logan one in the bathroom after like they first get together, but they're not telling anyone. Like, I mean, I know it's not healthy in any way, but there's a part of me that loves a secret romance, like a secret high school hiding it from the friends romance. Um, Just love that tension. We're not going to analyze why. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know what it's building to at the end, or you think you do. Um, and it all kind of explodes, but in a fun way. And I think one of the common themes, I think, when we were picking these episodes is we really like to grab, it's really nice when a, a show breaks out of their usual mold, mm-hmm. but does it really well. And I yeah. think that the style of, like the style of the episode was executed very, very well. So it really, really worked for uh, a plot point like this Mm -hmm. where everything is coming to a head and everybody's finding out this giant secret that then is going to basically explode all of the relationships and reform Mm -hmm. them. And it's really fun on a rewatch too because when you're first watching it, you don't really get Dawson's perspective right away. So you kind of think he doesn't – you're not sure if he knows. And then you find out later he Mm -hmm. knows before you as a viewer think he does. So it's fun on a rewatch to watch the acting and see, like, how they're playing certain scenes that are shot, you know, from different camera angles, Mm -hmm. from different perspectives at different points, and knowing, like, oh, he actually – you were supposed to think he didn't know, but now you know he knows – is this yeah. is like making any sense and seeing how he like, at, they choose to act and edit the mm-hmm. episode. 
uh, what what is that they type of really irony when like the, the dramatic irony, dramatic irony right? like when the reader or watcher knows something that the characters yeah. don't. So it's it's fun in that regard. Um, and then yeah, you really just get to see like Dawson's very vi- like extreme anger, mm-hmm. and I mean, I mean, some of it's understandable. I mean, no one wants to see the girl that they love with their best friend. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not going to be fun for anyone, but it really just represents his failing to understand that Joey does not belong to him and he has not invested in their relationship. And it's not about him. And it's not about him at all. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he has the mentality where he's like, well, we're meant to be. So she'll always just come back to me, Mm -hmm. but I don't need to invest in her. But I still need get to control her. That's an oversimplification, but it's true. Yeah. And it comes, you know, it really starts to, to come out in full force. Get stronger. Okay. The next up, um, this is season three, episode 23, the season three finale, which is called true love, mm. which is the name of Pacey's boat, <laughs> but also very meta because this is the episode where Joey tells Pacey she's in love with him. Ah! Okay. So I think that the scene, like at the end of this episode, when they you know choose each other, I think it was the first scene I ever saw in Dawson's Creek. Like I, I think I saw like a clip of it on YouTube, and I was looking up some other teen dramas at some point, and I had no idea what any. I knew none of the plot line of Dawson's Creek, and I watched the scene. I was like, oh. I see. <laughs> I understand the appeal. Let me look into this. <laughs> Yeah, that where she's like sails off into the sunset. It's great. Um, but basically, you also get the beginning of the episode where he she he buys her the wall a couple episodes mm-hmm. prior, and she hasn't done anything with the wall. And I mean, come on, if a man bought you a wall because you were a paint, I'm sorry, <laughs> just like literally marry me now, Pacey. And he just writes, "Ask me to stay," and it's oh, my heartstrings get pulled so much. But also. Less iconic, but also very iconic. This is the, bir- the episode that birthed the Dawson crying meme, mm. um, which is, you know, a very <laughs> important, culturally relevant takeaway from this app. Um, and we have to mention that it's the it's primetime's, primetime TV's first uh, depiction of a passionate same-sex kiss. Mm-hmm. So mm. just shout out to Dawson's for, for doing that. Um, yep. uh, even though, like, Ethan which is the guy that Jack liked, like sucked as a character, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like he acts like this wise guy sage and then really is just a hypocrite the whole time. And like, is just condescending and like does not allow Jack to, you know, explore his sexuality at his own pace. He like shames him for the way he does it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, besides all that, it is really nice to see Jack go after what he wants and kisses yeah. Ethan, even though it doesn't work out between them. And you do get that great scene. I'm going to ignore the part where Jen chases down Henry because I don't, I hate Henry. Uh, but you do get some cute moments from Gran. Mm-hmm. I read a blog once that was like, Gran is telling the story about how she, her first love was this guy. Like, I think his name was like Thomas Culpepper. And she was like, he had beautiful blue eyes that we like kissed in the sand. And then he like left the next day or like they didn't kiss. And she was like, wanted her opportunity to kiss. So she like stowed away on the boat and then like, so that she could find him before he went off to war and kissed him. And I love I, the blog was like, why do you all, they're all like, yes, like great. So the moral of the story is like, you should kiss them while you have the chance. And like, mm-hmm. you should go after them and not like, 
why and how did you stow away on this marine aircraft? <laughs> <laughs> or sorry, this marine ship? Like, how did you get on board? A lot of questions for national security right there. <laughs> like, why are people not asking this question of, like, how did Grand become a stowaway? Like, that's what we need to be focusing mm. on. Um, but we, I do love I do love the cute, like, little moment that you get with her. Um, but going back to Joey and Dawson, um, like when she's at the rehearsal for the wedding, which is, I mean, we love a wedding and a finale. Mm-hmm. It's a big theme here in these shows. Um, you know, it, she's the maid of honor in Gail's wedding, which is kind of wild <laughs> that Gail doesn't, Gail's maid of honor is her son's best friend. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, why? There's but only so okay. many characters that <laughs> the show can afford Maggie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're right. Um, and you get this moment where she's like, you know, visibly depressed because mm-hmm. she's not with Pacey, who you can see anyone can tell that she's in love with. And he's like, Dawson is like really in prime toxic form. And he says something like, don't make me feel like this, that you're stuck with me. And that line drives me crazy because he has, he basically threatened her. You're going to lose me if you don't stick with me. So it's like a prime example of like him wanting to control not only what she does, but also how she feels about it. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, fair, I guess. You don't want to feel this, but then you shouldn't have done the actions that you did to get yourself in that place in the first place. Um, you don't get to dictate, like, what she does and then also, like, right. how she feels about it. Um, and then when she eventually he f- confesses that she wants to be with Pacey and he goes, like, you're free. <laughs> so Dear tough. freaking Lord. That <laughs> should so be tough. sign number you're one. Free. <laughs> it's like... Um, hasn't she was always she been never, free? Was she not before? Oh no. Can we talk about the fact that like she is, she has that moment with Dawson on the, the dock before she runs to try to catch up with Pacey and she's like in the bridesmaid dress. And then she like, the next scene is like her on the dock and he's like about to set sail. And she's like in that cute little like red peasant top and jeans. And it was like, we love a costume change. I mean, I guess if you're about to like jump on a boat and go sailing for three months, you should probably not be in a bridesmaid's slip dress. But like, what if you had missed him? Cause you changed your costume mm-hmm. anyway. Um, her professing, I love you. Or she says, I think I love you. And he goes, you think, or, you know, and she's like, I know. And then he asked her to come aboard and they go sailing off into the sunset. It's pretty iconic. It is. Like I said, it got me hooked. Just that scene. I think that's a pretty good synopsis. All right. Moving on to the last episode for Dawson's. Okay. So the last episode, I mean, this is your favorite though, Maggie. That's right? true. You're right. <laughs> I did introduce the last one. I feel like I've been on such a blabbermouth about Dawson's Creek. How many times do you think you've seen this, this last episode? This is my rewatched episode. This is like when, if I'm going to go back and rewatch an episode of Dawson's Creek, I will rewatch this one first mm-hmm. and foremost. It is my personal favorite episode of the show. Um, and that's season six, episode 15, Castaways. It's a bottle episode, um, and it's the episode, for anyone that's seen it, where Joey and Pacey get stuck together in the Kmart, uh, and it's just them, and you don't get any of the other series regulars, and I do really believe that it has some of the season's best writing. You've had Mm -hmm. Pacey and Joey relative separated for now two seasons, and they've remained friends and have built their friendship back up. Um, and you lock, basically they get locked in the Kmart and really amazing conversations ensue. On that note, it is a really, um, 
important cultural time capsule of Kmart, which I don't think exists anymore, right? That is a great question. I think Kmart's gone. I think it's, yeah. So um, It was a Kmart though, right? I'm pretty yeah. sure it was a Kmart. It was like a big superstore. So if any of you uh, are under the age of 20, uh, you might not know what Kmart is. So you should watch that episode. <laughs> yeah, it's like basically like Walmart. Mm. Um, and you get this really beautiful, I think the episode really gives you a beautiful and nostalgic look at their present relationship and their past. And it brings, especially when they haven't had a ton of interactions in the last mm-hmm. couple seasons, it really reminds you that like, no, they have, what they have is super, super special and we're, we're about to revisit it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get in kind of a confrontation at the beginning about like how they've communicated about their relationship over the years. And they both get kind of like rightfully upset and annoyed at each other at some of the things that they've been repressing. Um, and then basically Pacey gets to really confront the fact that like, he's always been in love with Joey and he like really hasn't stopped. And Mm -hmm. you get the, like the heart wrenching kind of confrontation at the beginning. And then you get some like lighthearted moments where they're like watching the movie that she needs to do for English class. And they're just, you know, running around through the aisles trying to like chase each other and like wearing pajamas that they found on the racks. But the best scene, the best part of this episode, the one that I watched this episode for is the part where she like wins a competition or something and she gets to shave off his goatee Mm. and it's the cutest and kind of very sexy scene (laughs) where like he's sitting there and she's, it in was her such a horrible like, goatee. He has the worst <laughs> goatee. And she's wearing those cute little flannel pajamas. And the intimacy between them is just so mm-hmm. palpable as she's shaving his face. And then she goes, oh, Chin, hello again. I missed you. Like, And he's like, I never really left. And then they kiss. Ugh. And he even has like a little shaving cream. And it's just so romantic and beautiful. And you mm-hmm. just realize like they've never stopped having feelings for each other. I mean, it's really a testament to their chemistry that they could carry that whole episode. I mean, when I think about other shows that we love, even other couples we love, um, but definitely even like I'm thinking like, can you imagine if you had to watch a episode of just Lucas and Peyton? <laughs> Did, did that ever exist? I don't think so. Oh, God. I don't think I'm they so ever glad. had that. I can't think of another show that really, I mean, I'm sure, you know, maybe someone else knows, but I don't think most of these shows have, have episodes like that, right? Yeah. Where it's really just two of their main characters and it's, you know, lives and dies on the strength of their chemistry. Their chemistry, their acting, their ability, yeah, their ability to play off each other, mm-hmm. which obviously is chemistry. And I think it really gave the writers... A, a good ability to wrap up some of the like re- resolve some of the feelings between these two characters mm-hmm. before eventually getting to the series finale, which to be very honest is some of my actually is one of the best two gossip because they did two episodes, two Dawson's Creek episodes, but because mm-hmm. we're going to save finales for our finale episode. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. We purposely have not included any um, series pilots. Obviously we already talked about pilots or series finales on this list um, because we're going to have our own episode just devoted to that. Yeah. So I love that episode. um, And that will be my top rec. If you're just wanting to watch one episode of Dawson's Creek, get a little taste. I just think it's a perfectly crafted, perfectly written, perfectly acted episode on that show. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so our next show that we're going to talk about is Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. And this one's fun because we have four episodes that are each from different seasons. Seasons, yeah. Two, three, four, and five, um, which I think are some of their strongest seasons as well. Uh, And the first episode is 221, Lorelai's Graduation Day. So this one is where Lorelai is graduating from community college. She uh, doesn't want to celebrate at first. And Rory talks her into like going to her graduation. Rory also goes to Emily and Richard and tells them about it behind Lorelai's back. um, Because she knows her mom wouldn't want her to, but would kind of secretly want her parents to be there. Yeah. Um, But unfortunately, also... Rory makes the last minute decision based on a like very vague phone call from <laughs> Jess um, to go take a bus to New York, skip school, go to New York, walk to Washington Square Park and find Jess. Just yeah, Washington out there. Square Park from where? Doesn't she get into like she gets the a bur- port authority port authority? Yeah, Maybe she doesn't want. I don't remember how she gets there, but um, and like, you know, she was trying to get back in time for the mom's graduation, but there ends up being like bad accident on the highway and the bus. She ends up getting on a local instead of express. And she, uh, she misses Lorelai's graduation. And there's a really, um, bittersweet moment between them at the end of the episode. And it just, it just has a lot of characters that we love doing a lot of work, um, that we love. There's, some great Emily humor as she brings uh, a cameraman and a sound guy to film my <laughs> soul graduation. It's like and, so over the top. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. So what else did you want to say about this one? I just really love, I think one of the things that Gilmore Girls does well is that when they break out of their usual format and like take a character to a different location, which we'll talk about a little bit more mm. actually in one of the episodes, but um, that we're going to talk about next. I just, I think like getting out and going to New York was yeah. so fun. And it, I mean, I think they actually filmed there Yeah, because you could tell with the port authority and with the subway, they did a lot of like uh subway shots. I mean, definitely looked like they were actually and I mean it's great too because it's like you know we joke around about this all the time when watching Gilmore Girls it's like oh yes the rolling hills of Connecticut like when you're watching (laughs) the stars all set you like know it's like for anyone that's been in Southern California you're like that's the WB lot like 100% Mm -hmm. um but I just really yeah I really enjoy like the change of pace and I also I mean the one thing that you can't complain, I mean, you can complain about Jess <laughs> all you want, but no one can deny their chemistry. And it was really cute to see like before anything ever happens with them, just what a pull they have mm. towards each other. And like, even when they're not really communicating, they're yeah. saying it all with their eyes mm-hmm. and with their vibes. And it was fun to get some extended scene time. I love getting extended scene time with Rory and Jess in the early days yeah. before they say a lot without happens. saying a lot. It is. Yeah. And it's actually really sweet when Rory misses her mom's graduation and she feels like she needs to apologize so profusely. I mean, Lorelai forgives her. Um, it kind of then puts the focus a little bit more on Emily and Richard, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's a good. Point. Um, and then I also think it's like nice. I think maybe this is like a, a, a point uh, like a common point between our favorite Gilmore girls episodes. It's like, we like seeing Rory do something that like challenges her, mm-hmm. but it's not stupid. Not like stealing right. a yacht. We're right. talking like she is not impulsive. And so seeing her do something impulsive that, okay, has some consequences, but not the world's worst consequences. Mm-hmm. 
is very enjoyable to watch because it's your golden child is finally like you know being a teenager and it just makes for a little bit more Mm -hmm. entertaining uh content absolutely all right the next episode is season three episode 17 and that's they shoot gilmore's don't they and this is my favorite episode of the Mm -hmm. series i think it's really fun so for in case you need a refresher, um, this episode is the dance marathon. So it's the 24 hour dance marathon and uh, Lorelai and Rory are competing together. They've got those fantastic 40s costumes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lorelai's like heel breaks. Yeah. Um, and they're like extremely, extremely competitive. But they've got that really insane contention between Dean and, and Jess and, and Jess. And Rory, and it's the episode where Dean dumps Rory on the dance floor, and it's really sad and kind of a dick move. Um, even yes. though Jess is also being a, yeah. a brat the whole episode. And, I mean, I don't think Rory's, you know, innocent in all of that either, no. right? She definitely is, like, not uh, playing it cool by any means, and it's very obvious what her feelings are. Rory sometimes wants <laughs> what she can't have. Mm-hmm as evidenced by multiple decisions she makes throughout the series. Um, But it's just like, you got all of the high points. You've got uh, Stars Hollow. Like, I mean, Gilmore Girls really excels in like Stars Hollow is like having one of their like wild ass Mm -hmm. quirky town events. events. (laughs) Um, And this is particularly great one. I just love like, it's not that musical with Sutton Foster. In the revival. Yes, not, not the musical. <laughs> it's a revival. Nope. Not that one. Uh, and you get like Kirk's like victory lap mm. at the end to like the Rocky theme. But one of my, I love, um, I love when she goes and she sits at the, the dock and Jess comes and he, she com- admits that she likes him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of kicks and their relationship. He eventually off. admits it too. Yeah. These are hanging though for a, an unforgivable pause. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> but then he says it. And I remember uh, watching it for the first time and be like, yes. <laughs> uh, and then you get Lorelai and Rory hugging at the very end. And that's the last shot. And it's just, <clears throat> in terms of plot, you've got, like a ton of dramatic tension Mm -hmm. you've got amazing you know you just get like resolution with some of the romances you've got great mother uh daughter moments with Lorelai and Rory you get like the fun town event you also get Adam Brody I was gonna say shout out to Adam Brody shout out to Adam Brody we miss you and Gilmore Girls (laughs) um yeah Gilmore Girls really had a lot of our male stars in these other Shows. I mean, it really I mean, was like the era of yeah. Chad Michael Murray. Chad Michael I mean, Murray, he was in Dawson's. Brody. He was in yeah, Dawson's One Tree Hill. Well, obviously, One Tree Hill mm-hmm. and Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Am I missing anything? Is he in any of the others? No, but he had, you know, his movies, his Cinderella yeah, stories. Yeah, Cinderella stories. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. He was really <laughs> crushing it. It was all like from the like years mm-hmm. of like 2000 to 2004. Yeah. yeah. Granted, honestly, I think One Tree Hill might have been where he went to die. Um, but. Sorry, Chad. If you're listening to this, we we love you. Uh, you did some great work. You we really loved work. it. Cinderella Story is my favorite movie of all time. So great work. Um, yeah. So I just all in all, it's just like a it's such an entertaining episode, mm-hmm. and I love it. Yeah. Okay. So next up, four twenty two, the season four finale, raincoats and recipes. So this is where you finally get. A kiss between Lorelai and Luke. Finally. After four years of buildup. Um, and it is hilariously interrupted by Kirk. Yes. Uh, running out in his night terrors naked. 
Um, you also unfortunately have Rory and Dean get together where uh, he is still married and they sleep together for the first time and Rory loses her virginity. And there's the episode ends in a really interesting yeah. way for a season finale with like a really um, kind of brutal Lorelai and Rory fight. Um, I think we both agreed like Lorelai was speaking the truth in yeah. all of it, but you know, she wasn't sugarcoating anything and you just kind of see like Rory, like running out of the house crying. Right. Yeah, that final really scene. The last shot. You see like Lorelai's legs really walking after her, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's sad. Cause you know, Rory knows what she did was wrong. Yep. Um, even though she doesn't really go back on her decision. Cause right. she gets kind of with Dean in the next season. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard final scene to watch, but it's also very good. Cause you don't rare, you rarely get to see, I think like, I mean, you see Lorelai and Rory argue, but mm-hmm. it's good to see them. It, it was interesting to see Lorelai like really push Rory to be like, this is not, this okay. is not okay. And yeah. I have raised you to think differently than this and to kind of see the shock on her face to be like, Oh my gosh, where did we go wrong? Yeah. Um, but on a happier note, you do get Lorelai and Luke mm-hmm. and the opening of the dragonfly, which yes. has been such a culmination of so much over the past four seasons. So mm-hmm. it's really great to see Lorelai achieve her dreams. Question for you. When watching Gilmore Girls for the first time, did you actually think they dragged out her and Luke too long? Yeah, you know, so for me, it's interesting because I watched Gilmore Girls in such a weird way because I was watching it when it was, like, syndicated on ABC Family. So I watched, um, like, I didn't watch it chronologically. Like, I would, like, pop in for episodes here and there. I only watched, like, the last couple seasons chronologically. Um, So I think it was hard. I don't get – objectively, I think yes, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think I'm the right person to ask either. Cause it's like, I, I just watched fair. it in such a disconnected way. How about you? I feel like they stretched it to the maximum breaking point. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they could have realistically made it go any longer. My only regret is that I think because they got them so late together, relatively late in the series, like with them starting a relationship in season five and there's only, there's seven seasons, but the seven's short. Right. You, they broke them up too fast you don't get enough time realistically right it doesn't feel realistic with how little of time they're together in contrast to the whole show right uh with how much sexual tension you have between Mm -hmm. them and developed for four seasons um I mean in terms of plot it all made sense so I love this episode because I was a shipper from day one, obviously. obviously. And it just was like the payoff was so needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely something I thought about when watching. Cause they like have such crazy chemistry in seasons one and two, so season one and two. And then they kind of like, they still have it in like season three, but it's they not back off it a little bit. They back off it. So, and then revisit it, of course. So I, th- that's just something. Yeah. I've always maybe thought. it should have been like one, one season sooner. Yeah. That's a good point. <clears throat> All right. This is one of your favorites, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, it has one of my favorite characters, of course, obviously, right? So, uh, the last one we're going to talk about is five, seven, you jump, I jump Jack. And this is the, uh, life and death brigade episode where Logan is at peak charming 
Um, yeah, really. And their chemistry, Logan and Rory's chemistry, is at its peak as well. Look, your team, Logan. <laughs> I'm team Jess, I which think I, I love. Still am right after like I was rewatching some of these yeah. episodes and like. But it's I'm not team that I Logan. Don't see up. the appeal of Jess, but Jess kind of just he exhausts me. That's in a fair. way that he reminds you of your students sometimes just no. kidding <laughs> god no no just but like he is very like it teenage is very teenager energy. right yeah. um but like especially of like that era like emo teenage boy yeah that's very 2000s. fair um i like i know that it's a personal fault but i like wait his like good episodes where he's like a good boy in seasons five and six like way more heavily than i right. write all the bad shit right i'm sorry um, i guess and Logan is just fun. Yeah, he's fun. He's fun. Especially in this episode. This mm-hmm. is peak Logan. I remember watching it and being like, how will I like anyone more than I like Jess? Mm-hmm. And then I watched this episode and I was like, okay, I get it. Like yep. this, I totally get it. Yep. Um, they also have, um, this is the episode when Luke goes over, gets invited to dinner. Luke and Lorelai get invited to dinner with Emily and she just like insults him the whole time without directly insulting him. Yeah. And it is so cringy, but <laughs> really, well really funny. So funny. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> you were saying that like growing up, we have a stronger appreciation for Emily Gilmore. I really do. I really do. Yeah, it's really about three generations, not just I know. Two. That's what I was thinking too, right? It's Gilmore Girls times three um so what i like the most about this episode is in case since we haven't talked about it it's the one where uh rory is working for the yale newspaper and she uh wants to basically uncover a secret society at yale and ends up getting invited to cover one of the events that of the secret society that uh logan is in and it's like in the middle of the forest and they like blindfold her to get her there. And then they have this insane setup with like candles and everyone's like intense and everyone's wearing like these white, like somewhat Victorian costumes and no one can speak any with words with the, vowel, with the letter E in them. <laughs> and it's just like all very absurdist and beautiful. And it's fun because it's like really, really out of the typical formula for Gilmore Girls in terms of setting mm-hmm. so it becomes very memorable but it's also it works it's yeah. weird but it works mm-hmm. which I feel like they went a little too absurdist in the revival but we don't need to get into that so it's like a fun yeah. it was like a fun mix of environment uh and just getting to see Rory like loosen up and live a little mm-hmm. you know she's so regimented and stuck in her routine and you know controlling over her own life and to see Logan come in with such his charm and you know, his like fun ways and getting her to just like take a little risk, which mm-hmm. is to jump, but also it's more symbolic, like right. of her jumping into a mindset of like play and fun mm-hmm. and surrounding yourself with people that are going to, you know, expand your horizons and are as intelligent as you and not going to limit you. And, um, yeah, I just find that as like a fun kind of meta commentary on right. how it sets up their relationship. And he's just so charming and cute. He really is. I'll, I'll watch him in anything. Yeah. Yeah, I love this episode. It's a total standout. Uh, you want to give a couple words about our honorable mentions? Yeah, my honorable mention, number one, is the Bracebridge dinner. I mean, mm. it's a great holiday app. You get the whole gang there for, like, a very fun, absurdist 
I'm saying that word a lot, but you know, weird stars yeah. hollow thing, which is at there at the end, you get some great moments with Paris, Ugh, Paris. Uh, and the tension with Jess and the carriage ride. And it's all, you know, it's just vibes are strong. Vibes are strong. And then 222, uh, season two finale, Suki's wedding, um, Rory and Jess kiss, the pregnancy reveal with Chris and Sherry. Is that Sherry? I think so. Yeah. Um, And yeah, that's just, and I feel like it's a pretty iconic episode Yeah, it's a great episode. All right, time for the OC. So I'm really excited to talk about these episodes because we have some close friends that I hope are listening uh, that absolutely love this show and it is their favorite. And we, you know who you are if you are listening. We threw you a amazing OC themed going away party. <laughs> um, and so this section is in honor of our, our dear, dear friend. Um, who just met the star of the OC at the beach the other day. Okay, we won't get into met that. Met is a generous word. But <laughs> met is a generous word. Whatever. Um, okay, so launching in. Okay, so is this episode that I'm about to talk about one of my favorites? Yes. For a second, I had to think, because it is really one of the most iconic. I don't think mm-hmm. you can really talk about the OC without talking about this episode. And that is season one, episode seven, The Escape. To anyone else who's watched the OC, this is the Tijuana episode. Yeah. Uh, so this is really, I think what stands out in my mind about this episode is it's one of the first times you get to see the core four in action. Mm. So Marissa. Solidifies that group. Yeah. Ryan, Seth and Summer. You know, sorry, skipping ahead, but it's interesting because we have an episode on our list for One Tree Hill. That's one of the the first times you see the core five kind of solidify. And so, yeah, I feel like there is magic. And it's around the same point. It's around, yeah, very similar. Like episode six, episode seven. Something like that, yep. Um, I think that's kind of the sweet spot between like developing the individual relationship, setting the tension, not resolving it too quickly. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, bringing everyone together super fast in the the series, uh, in the first season at least. And then, you know, kind of allowing the viewer to get to see the different dynamics between the characters, like a couple episodes in, I think one of the things that makes this episode so special is the fact that it was originally written to be like a finale esque episode. If they didn't continue to get picked up. So they were like billed for the first seven episodes and then they weren't sure if they were going to get picked up after. So they wrote this with the intention, like, that it could be a, the final right. episode. They did an interesting like summer release for the OC. Yeah. For the first, which is yeah, unusual for that time. Most yeah. things began in the fall, but. But what's interesting about that too mm. is how that then impacted One Tree Hill. Mm-hmm. Because yes. they were relatively similar concepts. Yeah. Um, On the Drama Queens podcast, they talk about that a lot, that they, uh, they believe the like, creators felt pressure to change the concept of one tree hill in some ways um because to kind of, of compete with the oc like those two shows were very much like put up against each other yeah um yeah it's interesting it is really interesting um so you really great get like the chemistry between seth and summer mm-hmm. like so clearly in this episode yeah. and you get that amazing banter and it's really before they have like actual romantic involvement in right. any by any stretch aside um, from seth being in love with her besides <laughs> seth being in love with her um but their like comedy and their way of like playing off of each other is like really in like mm. p- like peak form yeah. in this episode um so they're on their road trip to, road trip to tijuana and they end up having to spend the night in the motel and then there's like a, a point where they're in the club in tijuana and that's when marissa finds out that 
Ryan, who she, I think, has just slept with. Okay. Not Ryan. I'm so sorry. Luke. Luke, who she has just slept slept with, has been cheating on her Mm -hmm. with one of her friends, Holly, I think, someone like that. Um, And so then she struggle buses and takes a lot of pills and drinks tequila and ends up passed out in in an alleyway, Mm -hmm. Um, which is really sad. But then you do get that really iconic image of Ryan carrying her out of the alleyway. That's how Uh, the episode ends, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It ends with him carrying her out of the alleyway while uh, Into Dust by Mazzy Starr plays, which is a great music moment. (laughs) So good. Um, We'll also talk about that in our music moments uh, episode. But it kicks off like the symbolism of like Ryan carrying slash saving Marissa. Like Mm -hmm. obviously... Ryan has a bit of a savior complex when it comes to her. And she is often presented as like the damsel in distress a lot. And I wish personally that the OC did a better job or an earlier job of pointing that out, you know, like making it more clear that like, that's not what we want in a healthy relationship. Um, Interrogating it. Yeah. Interrogating it, questioning it from the other characters, from the writing. It kind of seemed like, they leaned into it a little bit. I don't know how much different that would be made. That would be portrayed if it was made today. today. Um, But it does really cast some very interesting, like dramatic foreshadowing of what ends up happening at the end of season three as he's carrying Marissa out once she's died in the car crash. And he is, it's mirrored by the same, the same kind of holding her. I mean, you know more about the history of some of these shows, but like from what you know, that was not always planned. Oh, God, right? no. No, no. Yeah, she yeah. wanted to leave the show. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But they, it, I wouldn't say it foreshadows it in episode seven in terms of, like, the writers knowing. Mm-hmm. But if you've watched the whole show, right, it gets mirrored back, that moment yeah. um, where Ryan goes to save her one last time and isn't able to actually save her. Uh, and it's really tragic because she does do a lot to try to save herself and then... You know, circumstances get in the way for her. But it's just, you you get some great music moments. You get the core four. You get a lot of the OC signature drama. Mm -hmm. So it's got to make the list. Okay, so next up, 214, Rainy Day Women. You know this episode better than me. (laughs) I I, I do. I know the scenes. I know the iconic scenes, but I kind of forget the whole. One thing that we can agree on is we love a rain episode. We do. We do love a rain episode that does come up a lot. Yeah, you're right. Weddings at in finales uh-huh. and rain episodes mm-hmm. will kind of always make. One Tree Hill does some great rain, great rain, rain episodes. Yes, and we'll this one's there. great because it rains the whole, the whole episode. And if I'm not mistaken, it opens with um, no rain, like the. All I can say is that my life is pretty plain, <laughs> which is so great. Great music in this mm. episode, too. Like, they're really crushing the soundtrack. Yep. And so you get, before we get to the very iconic, the thing that makes this episode so iconic, which is um, the Seth, Seth Summer, Summer Spider-Man mm. recreation kiss, you get some other great moments with the other characters. So I love, I actually am a huge, I think we've talked about this a little bit before. I love Marissa and Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they yeah, did them a little dirty cause they were feeling pressure to yeah, get their relationship Olivia off. Olivia Wilde just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is the episode where I think, uh, she admits 
Marissa admits that she's dating Mm. Alex, which while short-lived, sadly, I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, And you get with Kristen and Sandy, you have like the, I mean, that insane plot line with Sandy. That's like, he was, you know, kind of cheating on Kristen with his ex college girlfriend who like faked her own death from like trying to infiltrate the like lab it was wild it was i hated that plot line so much and that gets resolved in this episode okay. so no more Great. of that Perfect. so he like comes back that. to to kirsten and is like i have nothing she's like is it over he's like it never really started and they kiss in the rain which we love but then we also get summer leaving jack at the Zach, I'm sorry, Zach <laughs> at the airport and then running back and you get that like hilarious, you know, very set up, but amazing uh, moment where like Seth's trying to like, you know, fix the satellite mm. on the roof and he has the Spider-Man mask on because he's trying to keep the rain out of his face and he ties himself up and then he slips and he falls and he's dangling upside down and Summer rushes in and she's like, Seth, and then she goes and she pulls down the mask and she kisses him like the, so the original Spider-Man yes. kiss. All while Champagne Supernova is playing. That's another scene that like I definitely, I don't know about you, but like I saw that scene before I saw that episode. Yes. Yeah. It's kind an of like iconic. with the Dawson's Creek one. Like I, I knew that scene before I knew like anything about the OC. Yeah. It's so good. The theme song. Um, <laughs> and like, yeah. So just crushing the music, crushing the, like the romance. Mm-hmm. It's just a fun episode. And like, it's really torrentially downpouring that whole episode, um, which is fun. Cause it's different for obviously a show set in Southern California. Um, all right. And then, so I would say last, but not last because we kind of yeah we did this a, one a little weird yeah that was he was hard for us because like it was really hard to pick our top four because when we came down to trying to pick that fourth spot there were really two that we couldn't decide between mostly because they had two great scenes in them so that's when we're gonna want your opinions because i'm very curious to hear what yeah. our listeners have to say but before we get into that we've got to talk about 224 which is the dearly beloved which Okay, is this the most easy to watch episode? No, um, but it's the episode mm-hmm. with hide and seek where Marissa <laughs> shoots Trey at the end after getting in the brawl with Ryan. So to set all that up, it's basically, I mean, we usually, we just talked about how much we love our finale weddings. Right. Well, let's switch that up and go for a finale funeral this time. <laughs> so Caleb's dead um, and Kristen is, it's Kirsten, Kristen. I always say, yeah, Kristen. Kirsten. Kirsten. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Anyway, she's been drinking a little bit too much um, and ends up needing to have the intervention to – She's she's been struggling with her relationship with alcohol. Kirsten. Kirsten. Gosh. (laughs) Sorry to all of the times I've said Kristen in the past, you know, 10 minutes. I apologize for that. Uh, That must have been annoying everyone. Um, So she's been struggling with her relationship with alcohol Mm -hmm. and – she gets the intervention with her family and she agrees to go to rehab. And this episode is honestly quite somber in terms of tone. You don't really get a lot of the soapy season finale drama that you get in a lot of other uh, shows and also in the OC. I mean, they do really go out like on their like almost like dark drama, Mm -hmm. but this one's like quite, you know, it's quite sad, but it's well, very well acted. Um, And then you get the moment at the end where Ryan finds out that Trey sexually assaulted Marissa mm. and goes to 
confront him and then they get into that all out brawl and Marissa comes and is unable to break it up and because he's choking out Ryan she picks up the gun that's been left on the floor mm-hmm. and shoots Trey to mm, what you say <laughs> okay which might be the most iconic music moment of the show hands down would we say it's maybe the most iconic music moment mm. of the early 2000s perhaps such a hard it's impossible to talk about this episode without mentioning the snl skit that was birthed out of this Mm -hmm. episode um with hide and seek by imogen heap and for those who have not seen it we will make sure that we post it on social media because it's hysterical and i've actually had a lot of friends love this skit and watch it and think it's really funny in fact, my boyfriend is one of those people who showed this to me forever ago. And I was like, you know that this is Where inspired from, right? by the OC, right? <laughs> like, and had, he actually, well, he didn't grow up watching a ton of TV, uh, like early. But he had 2000s, no idea. But he had no idea. He was like, That's oh, funny. I had no idea. I just thought this was really funny and like well acted and like, you know, the, the bit at the end where like the cops get each other and they're mm. like standing in front of each other, but they still do the bit where they like look over their shoulders. Um, he just was like, I thought it was hilarious. I was like, well... Yeah, it's it's all a play on this on this scene. Do we want to talk real quick about how it's the that song, and then the cover of the song, Gossip Girl? I think we need to save, save that? that for okay, our okay. music <laughs> moments episode. So if you guys want to hear a little bit more about uh, hide and seek versus what you say Jason moments, Derulo, Jason right? Derulo, then <laughs> listen to our music moments episode. Coach is coming a up. Preview for the um, there. We're gonna be talking about a lot of songs and releasing them in a playlist too. So you could listen to them yourselves. Um, but it actually opens the episode with, with what, uh, hide and seek as well. Okay. Right. And then they, they call they back call to back. At the end, which I didn't actually realize. Nice. So then for our last one, I'm so curious. So I could not decide. It was hard to pick the best episode, but we had two like moments that were tying each other out. Do you have one between the two that we have on our outline? Do you have one that stands out to you? Um, I mean, I love a good Seth and Summer scene. So I feel like maybe uh, 120, the telenovela, just like for that scene alone. It's so satisfying. I love, I love, you know, like just relationship heavy episodes or like episodes where you know really pivotal climax or pivot in a relationship occurs so yeah okay so we were debating between uh 113 which is the brett the best chrismica ever so i think in general where gossip girl excels at thanksgiving episodes uh you know the oc excels at their chrismica episodes where this like coined the term chrismica i feel like right yeah where seth because his mom is a I'm sure waspy, said it before, but I put it in the general zeitgeist. Yes, exactly. Way. The general zeitgeist. Um, he has his, his eight days of presents, mm-hmm. Christmas <laughs> holiday. Um, and you get the crazy love triangle at a head with Anna giving him like the homie comic book. And then you've got summer mm. in the wonder woman costume. Um, and it just kind of like sets up, you know, the holiday for the rest of the, the series. Uh, which is just such an iconic moment. But then you, I also can't decide between that and then the kissing booth episode. So that's what you're saying. Yeah, 120 yeah. telenovela, mm-hmm. um, which you really, throughout the whole episode, you get summer at her best and her worst. It's mm-hmm. really a summer centric episode, which I'll never complain about. And Seth gets up on the kissing booth and is like, 
tell me you love me or I'm gone forever because <laughs> I don't want you to be embarrassed of me. And she gets up there and kisses him and it's very romantic and all the guys are like disappointed because they can't kiss her anymore at the kissing booth and all the girls are like oh you want to give your your story about our guest star in that episode yes so to our cw fans out there uh another show that we love which is not going to be talked about on this podcast because of the time frame but if we might do a bonus episode on yeah who knows it's heart <laughs> of dixie love heart of dixie it is a, such a guilty pleasure <sighs> And the actor who plays Wade actually plays opposite Rachel Bilson in this episode, which is so funny. funny. He's got, he's like the one, they have a couple scenes together and then he's the one sitting next to her at the, at the kissing booth booth table. Mm. And he's got like shoulder length hair. hair, (laughs) And it's just really funny to see the two of them, like, you know, year like 10 years before mm-hmm. well also give a little bit about so the... i might butcher the story so someone please fact check me but i remember hearing once on via an article i think that he had gotten hired for a small guest arc on the show and um ended up getting fired from the show because he ended up being late like a, cu- a couple too many times to work mm-hmm. or something like that. But for those of you who might not know this, uh, the creator of the OC is Josh Schwartz and Josh Schwartz also created Gossip Girl as well as Heart of Dixie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when the actor came back to audition for the OC, he was like, for really, Heart of Dixie. For, sorry, for the Heart <laughs> of Dixie. He was really hoping that he wouldn't be recognized as the actor yeah. that... And he know, wasn't, right? And he wasn't. He wasn't. He's like, obviously, it's 10 years had passed. He's right. much more like, he was a teenager at the time, um, or at least like extremely early 20s. Uh, but it's just funny to like watch that happen. And then mm. like, you know, he comes back to be like such a beloved character on yeah. another Josh Schwartz TV show. So, um... I just think that's really funny watching back. So if you guys didn't know that and are you are Heart of Dixie fans, go back and watch this episode because Wade is in it. I'm also a total sucker for the series finale, but we did make that pact. So mm-hmm. we want to talk about yep. that. All right. Okay. So next up for this episode, um, we're going to discuss One Tree Hill. Let's close it out with One Tree Hill. Yep. And so we have four episodes for you and a few honorable mentions. But the first one we already alluded to is uh, 106, Every Night is Another Story. And this is really the first time we see the core five um, all together. I love this episode. I think it's so underrated. I think it's, yeah, I think it's a great episode. Um, I think it's just, yeah. I, again, like we said, like when you see the, the pieces of the puzzle of a show coming together and like you can see where it's going to go, um, it's so, I guess I've said this word a lot, but it's satisfying. Um, so I think if I'm remembering correctly, like you open up on the scene in the car, you're in, it's Brooks, like little convertible bug. Yep. And, um, God, I'm trying to remember the order of, I think it's like Peyton's driving Haley's in the, uh, passenger front seat. And then Lucas and Nathan are the back and in between them is Brooke. And you have, like, no idea how they all ended up. Are they in the back? Because the way that I remember it, and I could be wrong, is that they're driving, and then the boys run out into the road, and they pause, and then Brooke pops up from the back. And, like, they're all, like, staring at each other. Okay, you're right. So maybe the... Is that right? Well, I know you get the... Like, from the first scene. Yeah, maybe the last scene is the five of them. But, yeah, Yeah. it's a... There's a... You end up flashing back, like, being like, how... How did this happen, right? And so... It was an away game. I don't remember what the excuse was for Haley being there. Maybe that 
maybe she was uh that was like early days of her and nathan so maybe with her tutoring him so maybe she wanted to go just like tutor girl come watch me play (laughs) Play the game anyway um Haley and peyton i think had been like beginning to have a little bit of a friendship so i think she asked for a ride um and lucas and nathan get kicked off the bus home i think they They, were fighting during the game game and they Uh walk into brooke and she hits her head right okay and so brooke ends up like scoring some painkillers from the like whatever away teams doctor doc, medic team whatever uh personal trainer physical trainer and so she's like totally out of it Haley has to help Peyton get her home uh Lucas and Nathan are basically I think Whitey kicks them off the bus and they have to find their way home um they have to actually bond because they run into some like terrible fans from the other team I don't know it's some some of the hijinks that ensues are you know a little crazy but um you you get some really great lucas nathan scenes yeah right you actually like they have i wish they continued more of it but in though that early season one like they had such good frenemy you almost chemistry. had that as like the core yeah like the core tension. relationship tension was between the two mm-hmm. brothers yeah um, you get the iconic love rectangle plus one line Lied. from Brooke. Yeah. Mm. Um, and there's what else? I mean, I just there was some gratuitous uh, plot devices to get both Nathan and Lucas's shirts off. I remember, but yes, you know. who was complaining? <laughs> that's like- what it was. Yeah. So the beginning of the episode, they both come out of the woods and they're shirtless. Yes. And that's and when like, everyone's wh- like, well, like, what why the are fuck? you in the middle of the forest? And it's like, because they've been fighting at the game and then they bonk into Brooke and yeah. they obviously get kicked off the bus because Whitey's like, how dare you? Because they're right. like continuing to argue. And they're and running away from the other So then they get kidnapped, fans. right? Yeah, like they, they get, get kidnapped, kidnapped yeah. by the like the punks from the other team. And the team are like, you have to fight. Because, you know, like they try yeah. to make them fight each other, but then they like throw the car keys into the woods. Right. Sorry, I'm like, going no, no, it's great. It's wild. Like, I feel like when we're talking about it, it's like, what is going on? But. But you it's get really the, great. And then you get the like Raven suck on the back mm. where they like write it on their nice shirtless yep. chest. At least I will say that for Nathan. Um, and <laughs> I mean, Chad Logan Bro is pretty cool. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, but it's just fun to see. Like, I love an episode where all of the characters come together at the very beginning and it's, you start seeing how the friendships are going to form before yeah. everybody's a tight knit group. So very early on, it just gets you like really excited and. It was fun to see, like, Peyton and Haley play off each other. Mm-hmm. Brooke was good comedic relief. Yeah. And, of course, you get, like, the best relationship bonding moments between Lucas and Nathan right. as they go from fighting each other in the, in the basketball court to, you know, having to work their way together to get mm. out of a sticky situation. Okay. Next episode you love. I love, too. It's a oh. great episode. This will be season three, episode 13, The Wind That Blew My Heart Away. We love a storm episode, a storm episode, storm episode. So this is the hurricane. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about it? I feel like I talked a lot about the last. Yeah. Okay. Storm so, um, so this, so there's a hurricane coming through tree Hill. Everyone's kind of like hunkering down. You get, it's really interesting. Cause it's like every, every character has like a scene partner. Mm-hmm. Like you, Brooke and Lucas are stuck together and they have some, um, really like iconic Brucus moments yeah. um where uh 
Lucas is like declaring his love for Brooke in the rain. Um, in the rain. Oh. Um, because they had been having their weird like friends with benefitsy situation that Brooke had asked for, and this is where like it finally becomes a real relationship. Um, Keith and Karen have scenes together. They're like stuck yeah, in the house. Don't they Yeah, I think they do more I than think smooch. They do more than smooch. Uh, she has a baby eventually, so I think that's. I think that's I the think night they do happen. a little bit yeah. yeah, it's like in the cafe, too. The power right, goes on the cafe, and then they, like, lo- right. bang in the kitchen or something he, like that. Because his death occurs, like, not that many episodes Ugh, later. Yeah. I know. Um, and Nathan and Haley reconcile. You get that amazing rain kiss on like the car. Like, they kind of reconcile, but, like, they, like, officially, right. officially. Yeah, they, you're right. They had, they had, had, like, their big reconciliation, like, a couple mo- we, episodes ago, but there was still a lot of tension, and this mm-hmm. is, like, you find that, like, Nathan had been saving the, all of, all of the, the clips from her. Newspaper clips from her. And then they go flying out show, in the storm, yeah. and then they, he, like, puts her on the car, yeah. and they kiss, and oh. the rain, and it's just so dramatic, and I love it's it. It's so dramatic. And then I think the other big one is Peyton and her mom. Ellie. Oh yeah. Um, Honestly. And I think this is actually the episode where she passes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's just like every part of the episode, like there's no filler. Oh, and I think there's also like Rachel and mouth scenes, which are interesting. Um, but there really isn't like filler. Like everyone, um, gets their kind of own, own little storyline where I feel like a lot of, um, a lot of ends are tied up. Um, a lot of things come to a climax, um, and there's that iconic music moment with Missing You. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, well, it's really, I thought that was this was interesting, because they actually set it up, like, a couple episodes prior, where Haley had been talking about Chris Keller doing a cover, they were both doing a cover of Missing You, and she saw the lights come up in the bar and none of them were Nathan. And that's when she like realized that she missed him and wanted to go home. And then, um, flash forward this episode, Tyler Hilton, who plays Chris Keller, his cover of missing you plays. That's, I did not know. Yeah. That is such a yeah, fun Yeah. It's kind of funny. I um, but that. it works really well and it's great. It's great. I love um, it. And I also just love that, like, I mean, we, I love we've t- we love a rain makeout, and mm-hmm. we get two we of them. Two, we get two yes. banger rain makeouts yep. this episode, and you really just can't beat that. No, you just can't. Okay, so next one is season three, episode twenty. Every day is a Sunday evening. <laughs> I love, love that title. Episode. I know, especially because it, it's a callback to that line that mm-hmm. she makes, right? About yep. like today feels like it's like basically Sunday her line scaries. about Sunday scaries. Yep. Yeah. Um, so this one is interesting because it does not have our main character does not have Lucas. And you know what? I didn't realize that once <laughs> uh, his absence was not felt. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I mean, Lucas. you only notice it, I guess is because I think Nathan is doing the voiceovers at the beginning of the episode, taking yeah. over from Lucas. I'll take um, it. So this has just like two main storylines, both of which we love. Yes. Um, almost feel like two separate episodes, but I'm okay with that because I love both of them. It felt to me a lot like a finale episode. I was almost mm. surprised. Like I kind of, I mean, I know it's the actual season finales where like Haley, Haley and Nathan's wedding. Yeah. And they yeah. go off the bridge, the bridge or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this one felt like it, like it was felt so 
climactic. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it kind of wraps up. It, it's kind of like, it's definitely a climax for the basketball, which is sure. interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess not for Peyton and Jake, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. Cause you get Peyton and Jake, you get Peyton visiting Jake and Savannah. Right. So, and I think the, okay. So I think 319 closed. You think she's going to visit Pete Wentz <laughs> and you like, she gets through the, uh, the airport and Jake is standing there with his daughter um and so you get all of them in savannah and like their chemistry is is top tier the scene where she they like goes and closes the door like they have an argument and then and then she opens it and he's standing right there there. kiss oh Oh my gosh i mean lucas and peyton have the chemistry of cardboard when you compare peyton and jake Mm. i'm sorry i will I will stand on that hill. I'll die on that hill. Yeah. I mean, truly. It's so great. And it doesn't make sense. The only problem with this episode is uh, that it doesn't make sense how they end up and things. Cause doesn't she then like ask him to marry her? Cause she's yeah. like, oh, I don't want to technique. No. So yeah, she like, I think she asked that in this episode. I think it's actually the next episode where we find out that like, she apparently said like Lucas's name in her sleep, and oh. then I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. I have crazy That's dreams all the time. This episode. Um, so, and then the the Nathan and Haley um, plot line. So there's a basketball tournament, and there's like the one of the opposing teams is like this guy that Nathan had a rivalry with during basketball camp, and he's like kind of being gross and hitting on Haley. Um, but Nathan. Uh, they're also, I think at this time, they've decided to, or Haley has decided that they're not going to sleep together until they get married again. Yes. Yeah. So there's like some great like tension on that front. Yeah. And like, uh, I think that bathroom, the bathroom scene, bathtub scene is like, in this yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but they do a really good job with the basketball at the end of the episode. And I, I don't remember the details of what happens, but ends up, there's like a, a line throughout the episode that the other player is like bad at his free throws. And yeah. like Nathan's good at them or whatever. And it's like yeah. consistent, even though, you know, maybe the other guy's better at some other more exciting aspects. And of course the game comes down to a free throw, to a free throw. And, uh, Nathan makes a shot, not even looking at the basket. He's looking at Haley, right? Oh, yes. She's looking at Haley. And James Lafferty is just in peak hotness peak, in that scene. Peak they knew it too. Cause they used that clip in like the credits, like the next it's season. Like the, I think when someone's like, what's the most iconic moment of one tree hill for me? Like hands down without a doubt. It's the face he makes yeah. when he's like shooting the free throw with one hand and he's not even looking at the it's basket. A great, he has I, this little smirk and he's looking at Haley and I just like melt every mm-hmm. single time. I love it so much. Yeah. And, uh, and he just knows he's going to make it, right? There's just no, and that confidence is so sexy. And look, I'm not a Dan Scott apologist, but I do (laughs) like the moment at the end where he like in front of Haley, like gets that guy, he's like, don't you ever like Mm. touch my, like if you ever touch my daughter-in-law again, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And that makes up for nothing that he's done wrong. But, you know, it's nice to see because he is so cruel to Haley sometimes. Right, so it's, like, right. kind of this weird, but, like, okay. like Maybe he does kind of respect her, yeah. In some ways, yeah. Um, and then, you know, the iconic everyone rushes the court. Nathan lifts Haley up. And it's just so, oh, my God. They make your heart melt. You just can't, it can't get better than that. Yeah. 
Apparently something happens with Rachel and Mouth in this nah. episode too that we don't care about. I don't really care about that episode <laughs> a lot. I'm not going to lie. Um, okay. You want to go with the next one? Last but not least, we've got season four, episode nine, Some Give You Away. And this episode, honestly, to me, feels so much like a mid-season finale for uh, season four. But if you've watched One Tree Hill, you know this episode. It's the season where, or the episode where the Ravens win the basketball championship. I kind of against all odds. So, like, Nathan has been talking to those um I don't know, those gambler people, the people that try to fix the game. Mm -hmm. And they threaten him, basically, if he doesn't throw the game. Um, And Lucas and Skills band together to thwart Nathan so that they can win the championship because it's Whitey's last chance to ever win a a basketball championship. And it's so crazy because the episode opens on this radio broadcast that of the Ravens losing. And you see, like, Whitey standing, the coach, standing, like, all dejected in the basketball court. And you think, really, going into it, you're like, oh, crap. Like, they must have did lost. they must have lost because Nathan <clears throat> must have thrown the game. Like, this is awful. And they don't really tell you that it's not the case. The case or not the flash forward or anything. And then you find out at the end, once after they win, that that's actually the radio broadcast slash footage mm-hmm. of what happened when Dan Scott was on the team and they got to the national championships and or lost. State championship. State yeah, championship. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And he like, I think like purposefully like took himself out of the, like Dan took himself out of the game the second half or something. Cause he was like disagreeing with Whitey about something. And it was like lame. Um, yes. But like very embarrassing, very like mm-hmm. unsportsmanlike. Um, but then of course you got the really great, and very iconic Peyton Lucas. It's always been you, Peyton. Mm-hmm. But you know, as much as we shit on Peyton and Lucas in, on this pod sometimes, that's a very cute moment. It's a really cute moment. It makes me care about Peyton Lucas, even though I don't really care about Peyton Lucas all that much. Um, so some other things that happen. Okay, so Lucas like no, Lucas and Skills know a little bit about what Nathan's trying to do at the beginning. Yeah, they find out somehow. And so they're trying forget. to like ice him out at the first half of the game. Um, Haley is going, they're going to the game. So it's Haley, Brooke, Peyton, Rachel, Bevan, like the five cheerleaders. Yes. There's some great comedy with them in the car. Oh, and Haley's pregnant. She's pregnant and she like ends up like having a, like not feeling good. Like they find her in the bathroom, like puking and like feeling awful. And so they take her to the hospital. Um, some good comedy there. She finds out unintentionally. She gets told that she's having a son. Um, she didn't know before. And then she finds, she goes back to the game and finds Nathan at halftime and tells him. And that's when he like, basically is like, fuck it. Like I'm going to be a dad to my son. I want him to be proud of me. And so they, he decides to not throw the game and, um, they're ultimately able to win. You get all that confetti at the end. It looks so great. Um, that's when the Peyton and Lucas, scene happens um and Brooke kind of gives her blessing to she's like go um of course it does (laughs) there is some bad stuff that happens at the end it's not them losing they win so the the episode really jerks you around right yeah you almost Um, like forget about this because it's like you think it's be bad and then it's triumphant and then right at the end um Lucas ends up having a heart attack because he was not taking his HCM medication so that he could try to 
uh, so that he could like do better at basketball and against Nathan against Nathan. But I think he had actually stopped taking it like okay. some episodes prior. Yeah. Just cause he wasn't like reaching his like what he used to be able to do physically before. Um, and Haley gets hit by a car intentionally, which is the, the loan shark people or one of them. And Nathan ends up like beating them up and the guy's dead. And Dan comes and, says he'll take the blame for it even though i think it ends up being that like the guy died on impact from the car crash anyway Ugh. um but yeah the person yeah, really it's really so dramatic. dramatic yeah it feels kind of like a season finale too and it's not yeah like with the cliffhanger of like is Haley gonna be okay mm-hmm. it's just like a juicy episode yeah. there's just like it's every so bit much of it, it has everyone good um has all all our main characters and even our like next row out with like Rachel and Bevan and skills. I love Bevan. Yeah. I love Bevan. All right. Should we wrap up with some of the honorable mentions? Yeah. So I actually just added one as we were sitting here talking. Cause I, one that I love and I don't know if it's like generally considered great, but I really enjoy it. Is the, I know this one. Yeah. Is the two twenty lifetime piling up. This is the alternate reality when Nathan's in the coma and it's basically the pilot again, but it's if, uh, Deb was the one who Dan left instead of Karen. So like Nathan is, I think why I love it is like you like now Nathan and Haley are best friends growing up, but unlike Lucas and Haley's friendship, which was always platonic, uh, they still find their way to each other. So you, it's like even in any, in any, any universe, right. Whether it's like, from the other side of the, you know, opposite sides of town or from the same side, like they will always find their way. Anyway, um, it's just fun. It's fun to see the characters playing different roles. It's fun to see bad Lucas, right? Chad Michael Murray gets to go back to some of his like old school days of like playing the bad guy. Like he did in, uh, Gilmore Girls and and and, uh, Dawson's Creek too, right? I mean, yeah, Yeah. he wasn't like bad really, but he was like a chaos agent. Yeah. 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 Um, problematic character. And it's just fun. Um, 413 pictures of you. Yeah, this one was hard to leave off the list. Yeah, this almost made it onto our list. Um, this is where it's another episode where everyone kind of has a scene partner, just like in the the rain episode. Um, and people are paired up for like a classroom assignment, and it's it's something that could have like not worked, and it just works, and everyone just is like getting to have really interesting um, scenes and chemistry with characters that they don't always get to or hadn't in a while. Like Haley and Skills are paired up. Nathan and Peyton are paired up, which they hadn't been in a while. Yeah, I've seen together um, Yeah, it's really Who's interesting. Brooke with? I think Brooke was with Chase because I think that was yeah. like kind of the start of their really, you know, romantic entanglement. I really loved the Haley and Skills mm-hmm. scenes. The Haley and Skills were, were really great. lovely. Because those are two characters that you're like, oh yeah, you would have grown up together. You were all part of kind of like the River Court crew, but we just hadn't had a lot of their one-on-one. Um, the Honey Grove episode, Love 416, that. iconic. Yeah, great. And then also one from one of the later seasons, 603, <sighs> Get Cape, Wear Cape, Fly. Uh, that, that's the aftermath of Quentin's death and funeral. Um, that's a chair jerker. Yeah. Especially Sophia Bush does a really, really great job in that episode. Yeah. She crushes it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Yep. I think that wraps up. Yeah. We those chatted are a lot. Our first four shows. Um, we will come back to you for our next episode with, um, Veronica Mars, Veronica Mars, of course. Friday night lights. 
Gossip, Gossip Girl. Girl and Vampire Diaries. Vampire Diaries. Mm-hmm. That's sorry. If anyone, no one's sho- shocked that like that's the one I'm so excited to talk about. <laughs> but also for me, extremely hard to narrow down. Yeah. Um, I love so many episodes. Anyway. We'll get to that next time. We will. Um, but this was super, super fun. I can't wait for the next uh, episode to finish this out and also to talk about music moments. So we've got some more fun uh, episodes coming up for you. But we also want to hear about what your favorite episodes mm-hmm. are. Like, did we leave any off the list that you think we should have included? Are there ones that you agree with? What are your opinions? We'd love to hear. Feel free to reach out to us yep. always. Um, we are available at email at showsoverbrospod at gmail.com. And then you can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at showsoverbrospod. We can't wait to hear your thoughts and opinions. Um, and really excited to keep talking about our favorite episodes for the rest of the shows. And yeah, so we'll see yeah. you next time. Can't wait. All right. Bye. Bye.